Welcome to episode 132 of The Space in Between, and this is a really special episode. We have one of our very, very own nomad yoga teacher, Movement 109 facilitator, all of the things that she is, the rock star, the community manager. She does all of the things, including putting this beautiful podcast together. Leah will be on very shortly sharing her story and how she navigated the waters of grief. But before we get there, a couple things happening in Nomadland. Something weaving in with this conversation around grief today is my book, Dear Radiant One, is available wherever books are sold now. And we have been having these conversations for probably about a month now around the emotions. So my book is an emotional recovery story, my own personal emotional recovery story, and the transformational guide to help you through your own emotional recovery and embody the dance of life. And so these conversations are curated somewhat around the emotions that we dance in in the book. And just for you to sit with on your own, to reflect in your own story. But if you want to dive in deeper with me, you can get the book, again, wherever books are sold. And I'm also now offering, starting as this episode comes out, it will be out in a week from, about a week from now on May 9th. May 9th, I am launching my program, Embodied Radiance, which is You can take it in a few different ways, but it's essentially this transformational guide with a little bit more support. So there is an online self-paced course that will have the practices that are in the book, but there's a little bit more guidance with recorded video practices, you know, movement practices, some guided meditations, and some other beautiful resources that aren't featured in the book that you can do on your own and have for life. And you can also take the route of having a support system, a group, and attend monthly sessions for seven months at a time. Or you can come and join me privately and work with me privately alongside this transformational guide and we can work one-on-one together. So lots of different ways on how to dive in deep to your emotional recovery and embody the dance of life. And so you can go find out more over at thenomadcollective.org or visit my website, phoebeleona.com. And speaking of transformational guide, we're also looking for guides in our Nomad Collective where we're looking to support you. So if you are a healer, a facilitator, a coach of some kind, a yoga teacher, or any other kind of heart-based teacher or have a heart-based business and you are looking for some sort of community support invite you into our Nomad Guides program where we provide that support for you, with you, and we walk alongside you. And we're not only this community support system where we have weekly sessions every week, different times to make sure everybody has a a time available because we're global and reaching out to many different communities around the world. But I also offer resources to to make things more tangible in your in your company in your business. So now we're in May, I am going to be guiding all month long how to build a how to build a retreat. So I've been doing this for 8 years now. That's really what Nomad primarily started as was a retreat based business. So I have a lot of gifts that I can offer you on how to build a successful retreat. Next month we're going to be looking at how to create an evergreen pro online program so you can also send that out to your people and make things happen. And we'll be doing other things like how to create a podcast, how to get your book published, maybe even at Nomad Press. Uh, and we have so, so many things. The thing is, I am so grateful that I've had all these amazing experiences. The one that I'm diving into more and more now is public speaking. And as I go and, and sh- and learn more of the tools and resources and make these connections, I'm going to share that with my community. So if that's something also you want to dive into, come and become a guide. You're going to get that in a few months from now, I'm sure of it, because things are happening fast in that world for me. And I can't wait to offer all of that wisdom and knowledge to you in our community. So if you want to become a guide, you want to receive support, you also want to have a place where you can speak and hold space for others. We have 
monthly sessions that you can offer or or quarterly, or we also will have our own virtual event towards the end of the year where we're going to use all of our guides to hold space for for your many gifts, your wisdom, your your medicine. So there's a place for you to also be seen and heard and felt in in that light. So you can find out more over at thenomadcollective.org in the guides program. So with that said, let's go ahead and talk to one of our guides, Leah, and uh, see what she has to say. All right. I'm here with Leah, one of our nomad. Hi, one of our nomad (laughs) yoga teachers and Movement 109 facilitators and community manager and rock star and so many other things that you do in Nomadland. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here and also a little nervous, but I'm, I'm happy to be back in the space in between. Oh, I love having you here in the space in between. Um, and I also want to highlight doula, like you're a, we, because that's something new that you've done since you and I like yeah. sat here in the space in between. So mm-hmm. you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's definitely been one of the many shifts <laughs> that I've taken on since the last time I was here. Um, but yeah, it was just something uh, I was learning more about as I was um, working with other different organizations in the activism space. Mm-hmm. And I was learning about reproductive justice and what that was and community care. And that just led me into doula work and what does like, what is a doula and how are they not just in service to the pe- like the pregnant people that they're serving and their families, but then also um, kind of the, the global community and the wider community at whole, um, what they're offering. And it was just something that was, I was curious about. And naturally with the 10,000 other things that I <laughs> end up doing, it all starts with me just being curious and wanting to learn more. And um, I was just following that, that seed that was planted. And, and so yeah, I'm still definitely in the early stages and something that um, I'm not necessarily ready to dive completely into um, just yet, but mm-hmm. I, I'm very excited that I have taken that step into doing, uh, I completed my doula training in November mm-hmm. and I also am technically in my childbirth educator training, which has been really exciting. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I'm looking forward to really stepping into fully, hopefully when, um, I know, I guess when I'm a little bit older and I feel more comfortable, (laughs) um, having that, you know, being around people who are having experience, I don't, I'm not surrounded around a lot of pregnant folks. So just being able to, um, have those experience first before really feeling comfortable diving Mm -hmm. into supporting someone in that space. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely really exciting. And for a lot of people, definitely a left turn <laughs> from what yeah. I've been doing. But um, as Phoebe, you always talk about this like common thread. And I've definitely been seeing that with everything that I do, even though it seems really random. But mm-hmm. it all comes back to that same place of wanting to facilitate spaces where people are seen and heard. And mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of been my, um, as long as that's at the center of it, then that's how I know that I am definitely on the right path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, I mean, we make jokes too, and, and Nomad, yeah. like you're the doula, cause you give so much, you give birth to so many <laughs> ideas that I, I plant in Nomad and, and also Amy and Mike, mm-hmm. who you work with more intimately as well. And, and you just give birth to these ideas and it's, beautiful so you've Thank become you. like this nomad do- doula but I'm curious you were saying about um following those that that seed of, of mm-hmm. becoming a doula and in that whole world you said um I'm trying to remember exactly how you phrased it but the the doula as a bigger role in the community and yeah. I would love to know more about what that what that means to you and what that looks like <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I think, um, well, as I've been learning more about the role of the doula, um, back, way back when, before, I guess, like Western medicine and um, like the medical industrial complex and, you know, these big systems kind of came into play, uh, people were giving birth at home, surrounded by uh, their community, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's an idea, like I mentioned, like that community care and um, something that we've lost that essence of. And especially now, um, understandably with COVID, where less people are, aren't able to like be in those spaces. And, you know, it's a little tricky now um, to navigate. Um, but I, I just, it also comes back to the idea of community too, like being able to be with people, like really see and be with people in what might be a really vulnerable moment for them. And oftentimes it is like these people are creating life and that can bring up so many, so many emotions. And especially as someone who's a healer in movement um, with Movement 109 or yoga and just, you know, working with folks uh, free pregnant body, you know, really having to like dig deep and like bring awareness to what the patterns being held in our body. I can imagine those being amplified once mm-hmm. things start changing and you're growing and you're creating uh, life. So I don't know if that answered your question, but absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think for me, it's just like when it comes to like how important it is to really bring community back into all spaces, but specifically that space. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's there's evidence of providing um, happier happier person who gives birth, um, possibly happier baby. Um, and just creating a more compassionate and, um, yeah, a more compassionate space to be when you're, especially when you're vulnerable. So, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. There's so many, so many images that passed through my mind as I was listening to you speak. Um, one was, I remember when I was, I think I must've been in elementary or, or middle school. And my neighbor, she had a doula and she gave birth at her home. And, you know, it was out, it was in the summertime. So the windows were open. And I just remember hearing her like starting to scream and cry. And I was like, whoa, what's happening? And, you know, I knew, and then all of a sudden there's like this little baby sound. And, you know, I was like, I listened to her birth, Mm -hmm. this birth. And it was really powerful and it definitely stayed with me. And And when you were saying, you know, kind of talking about the Western world and, you know, how it's been isolated and and thinking, you know, how it is, it's so sterile being born in a hospital and so separate. And and really, I mean, it's changed over our generations. But before that, you know, the father would sit in the waiting room, right? And wait. It's like such an isolated experience. And so it's really beautiful that we're finding our way back to that. And I think that um, so many people are, there's a lot of other, you're doing really beautiful work with the, the birthing and yeah. the, the helping of the mother, but there's also a lot of work that's being done these days of like going and having this rebirthing because a lot of babies have had trauma through their, yeah. their birthing experience. And yeah. yeah, you might not consciously remember it, but, um, you know, my mom would have had the gas when she, mm. so she was sort of not quite conscious when I was born and I've thought about that like whoa that is that is something that um of course I feel alone right like my mom wasn't fully present with me when when she was born or so many other women like you know they had to be knocked out for c-sections and everything Mm -hmm. like that and to feel that um not feeling that connection that you would feel especially even if mom wasn't able right in that situation where there's a doula Mm -hmm. there's a doula there like that community of love, not just like this nurse or, you know, you know, somebody who's not connected into it. Yeah. 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 And, and to that, that point too, like one of the first questions that we, um, that was, that we were invited to explore during my training was like, what was your birth experience like? Mm. And try and, you know, for, you know, they were like very, um, 
aware that some people may not be able to ask, <laughs> you know, how that was, um, mm -hmm. depending, you know, what their situation was. But I thought it was really interesting because it definitely, I mean, even just like physiology, like how you physically are moving mm -hmm. through the birth canal and coming out mm -hmm. here has great effects on like um, your, like what is held and kept in your body. So going back to that movement 109, like your patterns, it all starts yes. from there. Um, yes. and so that, that's the part that's been, um, really, really interesting because, um, the work that I've been doing with movement 109 has definitely made me think very differently in terms of when I think about, um, birth, um, especially since I've never had my own experience with giving birth. It's just like, mm -hmm. huh, that's so interesting. Like how, um, like I, I, listened to Coco's uh, episode and you guys talked about fear mm. held in your body and so mm. and where it's held in your body and it's just like well what it, what would that be like like what happens at the beginning of life and where like how are those um I guess seeds keep coming back to seeds but how are those seeds planted and like where is that all coming from and how is your parent feeling in that moment Mm -hmm. um, and are you holding on to that too? Um, yeah. and so that's very, that's all been something that, uh, keeps me curious. Um, yes. to me too. So. Oh man. Ooh, I know we have so much, to, but it's interesting that we started here. I didn't have the intention to start yeah. there, <laughs> but I love that we did yeah. because what we are really sitting today is we're sitting with grief. Yeah. And we wanted to dive into that, but I love how we're starting with the space of birth mm -hmm. and then we're going into the space of loss and, and, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. grief is intertwined with death. So, yeah. um, yeah. And I think the last time you were on, mm -hmm. you talked a bit about your grief story. And for those who have not been with us with, with hearing your story, do you want to just share a bit about that and where yeah. you are with it today. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. And I think what I didn't like preface, I guess, yeah. in our last episode was, I don't know, it probably was cultural, but uh, death mm. was something that was very much out in the open. My, it wasn't something mm. that myself or like my cousins growing up were shielded from. So mm -hmm. I, I have memories going to, funerals and wakes and seeing adults in my family cry. And, and so that wasn't something that we were um, necessarily uh, shielded from. Um, mm -hmm. But in terms of like when I first experienced grief was um, I had um, an aunt of mine who was very, very sick. She had uh, terminal cancer. And so I was about... 13 when she was diagnosed and was kind of along with her and her family's journey until she passed in 2014. So I was about 16 years old at the time. And then four years later, uh, her husband passed away. And then um, pretty recently, my uncle in August passed away as well, all from cancer. So death and joy and celebra celebration of life was all kind of intertwined in all of that um and it was so interesting because going back to that doula my my doula journey I started my doula training right after my uncle passed and my most recent uncle That's right. passed and so um which has been really helpful in a lot of ways um in that, you know, I've, I've seen and experienced grief and seeing a lot of death in my life. So to be uh, taking the time to really celebrate life has been really wonderful and helpful. Um, but as far as my journey goes, I, I've talked about before of, you know, I, I think it came with maturity too. Like when I was younger, I had a very, very hard time kind of understanding what to do with the grief and also uh, 
owning that what I was feeling was grief I for a very long time and it's still something that I have a hard time with is kind of owning that I am also able to feel grief for what has happened um and for so to see how that has kind of evolved with the most recent death of my uncle has been really interesting and I talked about like I remember we were on Instagram and we had that conversation and mm-hmm. I think the what was beautiful this time around was I had a little bit more perspective. I had a lot more tools in my toolbox mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, we can create something new. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a new rebirth. There's a new birth from this. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would have felt that way had I not, you know, gone through like the mucky part of like grief where it was destructive in some ways Mm. to then for me to find my way into not just having or rather like looking at grief as something happening to me or like happening to the other people around me but as something that we can move with if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah Yeah. What were some of the tools you said you, you had some more resources or tools this time around. And so what were some of those for you? Uh, uh, Well, number one was just giving myself that grace. Mm. I I don't exactly know what tangible thing I've done that provided me that opportunity to be like, you know what, this time around, I'm just going to allow myself to just feel however I want to feel and not apologize for it, not create excuses for it, but just, you know what, I'm, I am grieving right now and owning that. And I, I made that choice and I'm so glad I made that choice this time around. Um, so that was one. Um, mm. I was also moving a lot. Um, physically moving. Physically moving. Yeah. I, I was, I, I was movement 109 all over the place. I, <laughs> I, I was definitely doing that. And I was also being still. Um, yeah. and, and, and it really was like, I know you also talk about the idea of like play. And so like, there's like, you give yourself like X amount of time during your day or, have, or whatever. And then you have like five or six things that you can do. And there's no, dogma there's no like you know anything strict about this routine it's just like you have five minutes to play and I kind of took that same formula for like okay I have this um I didn't give myself a time frame but I was like okay right now like I want to you know sit in my grief here like x y and z that I have in front of me that I can like explore that that isn't um, destructive to myself or others. And, uh, I just kind of allowed myself to do that. And a lot of times that's either, yeah, giving myself that grace, whatever that means, movement, or just being still cry, be angry. I also think a lot of people forget, you know, that it's okay to be angry in these moments Mm -hmm. and express that anger. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question in terms of Absolutely. these tangible tools, but I think it all comes down to just giving yourself that moment to feel however you want to feel. And I always like to add that, you know, joy is humming underneath that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're laughing because that's what I say all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, and you just finished reading Dear Radiant One. And so yeah. you also probably saw that was part of my process too. When my when my father died, I, I put aside Fridays was my day yeah. where I could just do whatever the fuck I wanted. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was like screaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes it was writing like with a really heavy like pen and my journals so would make like imprints on the next page mm-hmm. or sometimes it would just be crying or other days it would just be staring at the fire. Like I would literally, that was the only thing I did today was like, I'm just going to make a fire and stare at it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's, I think that's so important. So you have this 
you also created that time space for you. Did you feel, well, cause this sounds like that was the last time you got, went around with that, but did you feel like, was that enough for you or re- did it also sort of seep into your life? Cause for me at that time, it was so raw. And even though I put that time aside, it was like not enough. Like it still seeped into, like there was so much other stuff that happened, but I'm just curious to know for you, like, were you able to create that construct of time space and was that enough for you or did you feel? Yeah, I, I, I definitely believe in that like any other emotion, grief isn't linear. Yeah. And, and so what was been very different this time, I guess this time, quote unquote, around mm-hmm. has been allowing myself to um, have those pockets of moment, even months mm-hmm. after and yeah. really holding space, at least from my experience, like I, from 13 to 22, this is all I've known. Yeah. Uh, and so just holding space for that, like, there's so many, so much grief there and just really being like, okay, Leah, it's okay to, you know, it's years, months later, but you can still hold that space for yourself. And so it's just being very, uh, I, I don't want to say like cautious with myself, but I guess just very kind and empathetic and compassionate um for for myself and in a way that I wasn't allowing when I was younger for that um and so and so yeah so I don't think like that you know I definitely think you know having like those tools and that you know time and space specifically when it like just happened was really important Mm -hmm. but it definitely is never enough you know it's it's going to stay with you so it's just like also creating those pockets of moments um just as your grief ebbs and flows like you need to hold that space for it as well yeah what it sounds like for you is you created that construct of time space but then it was that essence that you were able, like that we said, the joy humming under, it was like, it was able to hum throughout your day. So when those pockets did come up, you were able to like flow with it a bit more. And I think the difference with what my experience was, is like, I wasn't a lot, like I was trying, it was, I was doing it in a place of control where it was like, um, I'm not allowed to experience grief outside of Friday. (laughs) Um, And, and then it just, sort of seeped into everything else. So that's really beautiful that you had that. And let's just note to the people out there, if they don't know us, like you're literally half my age. (laughs) (laughs) So much wiser, like so much wiser, so many ways. So, you know, I'm, I'm a slow learner. Um, Yeah. It took me a little while. So it's beautiful that you we're able to experience that, you know, of course, I'm so sorry for your loss and that you had to experience this multiple times, but how beautiful for you to witness yourself. And like, I love that you, you say this a lot in our conversations, like allowing yourself grace. I love that you're able to give yourself this grace and, and, and like celebrate you like a birth of you and, you know, what you were talking about with grief, there's always also this birth within it. And it was like this, this other birth of you in that loss yeah, uh, in some way, you know, yeah. recognizing who you are. Yeah. And I, I think for a long time too, just uh, my grief has uh, held me back from making a lot of decisions too. It's, it's definitely affected my, you know, I like, for example, like I, I chose specifically to go to college, like close by home. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I've made a lot of decisions like that, um, just to be, I guess, I don't know if there's just like paranoia or whatever it was, like I just, and that's a whole like therapy session. Right. But, you know, I, (laughs) but, you know, I, have been held back in a lot of ways from my Mm. grief without really acknowledging that that's what was happening for me. And, And so, 
to be able to be in this place where I can acknowledge it's done that for me once, but then also feel really grounded in that I can make a different choice. Yeah. It's like, there's that, like, it's very liberating in a way I never thought um, it would feel like. Um, so it definitely feels like, I guess, a rebirth in that way of just like, um, oh, I can start again. And yeah. I, I always say that too. It's like, oh, it's another day to start again. It's another moment to start again. And that has always been very hard for me. Um, and so it's, it's nice to be in that space. Yeah, that is. Um, the, so we, we had Movement 109 this morning and we, I pulled a card for our group and it was, I don't have it with me, otherwise I would show it to you, but it was the Eight of Voices, which is also like the Eight of Swords in Tarot. And the message was, um, you what you just said, you always have a choice. Like it was a picture of her, like the, this muse that was like bound and her arms were behind her. She just looks very like, almost like she was in prison. Like there was um, like shadows on her that looked like bars, you know, come, mm-hmm. like across her face. And, and she was like, she had a blindfold on and it was basically like, you always have a choice. You just open your eyes and mm-hmm. notice that these shackles that are around you are actually put on yourself. Yes. And, and um, so when you were speaking, I was just thinking of that image again of, of remembering that you always, you always have a choice. And when we have these, and you spoke earlier um, of grief happening for you and with you as opposed to happening to you. And we've talked a lot about that too, is, you know, these opportunities where there's a loss, something's Mm -hmm. taken away from you, someone's taken away from you. It's, you know, of course we're going to, you know, want that person or that situation still close to us, but it's, it's happening for you. It's this opportunity for you to look inward. And it really looks like, and feels like that, you have um, truly embraced that and lived that. Um, and of course you have your human moments where. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so graceful, right? Yeah. Like we're super also human beings having a human experience, but it really does sound like you've um, evolved and, and see that bigger picture. Like, yes, we have these very vulnerable moments where it's like why we have those like on your knees crying or screaming or whatever saying why but you also can see that bird's eye view of of the bigger picture happening for you yeah and also um also there's just along with joy there's just also that piece of gratitude Mm -hmm. right and and I've what I've been like, one of like my, I guess, realizations or whatever you want to call it, kind of coming out from this time around has been like, I feel so, you know, I, it, it, it does bring me a lot of sorrow and, and sadness that, you know, the adults in my life, you know, they're all transitioning and um, they're not able to see us kids, you know, move on and do these big milestone parts of our lives Mm. um, as adults Um, but the greatest gift that they've given us is each other and yeah and I know that sounds really like corny but I'm an only child (laughs) yeah Yeah, I'm an an only child and and so to be able to have such an extended family that's so close and um, yeah and so that's just been what I have been trying to hold on to that hold on to as well is just like um this person may not be here but god am I so grateful that I have my cousin here who's an extension of that person right and who also holds memories um with that person as well and uh we get to we get to carry that with us keep moving Mm -hmm. forward and that makes me feel so um so much so much uh it's not English or sentence, but just so it would feel, it makes me feel very joyful that I get to continue to do that. And yeah. Um, and yeah, so there's a lot that within that grief and sadness, there is a lot of joy and gratitude and, and celebration and just that eagerness to be like, if one day, you know, I have children or my cousins have children or 
whoever like we get to like carry that memory and pass on that wisdom that we've gained. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So you are part of a project that I'm working on or we're, co- we're co-creating together. And when you just spoke, I was thinking of there's a line in the poem and we'll talk about the project for everyone in a moment, <laughs> but there's a line in the poem that my grandmother said when my best friend died and she said, um, this grief will turn into something good. It always does. And, and it just echoing what you just said is it's so true. Like there's something that will continue on. Yeah. So yeah. Can we talk about this project? I would yes. love to hear your experience if you've uh, dove, like dove into it at all. But um, so what it is for those who are listening is uh, so in my book, Dear Radiant One, I write letters to the emotions and one being grief. And actually we start right there, grief. Uh, and I, a little background on, on the process of it was as I was writing, I don't know, did I tell you this part, Leah? It's like, as I was writing, so as I was writing the shadow emotion, so I actually didn't start writing at grief. I started to write Mm -hmm. at anger and fear and all the other ones, but I left grief at the end because what I was noticing was that the universe was like, presenting me to feel these emotions in the present experience. So I can't remember the exact experience that anger was being presented, but I was like super angry. I remember writing it and I was super angry. I even went to see a massage therapist and my jaw, like I never get TMJ anymore, but I had like this horrible, like clenching of the jaw, like I used to when I was angry. And so my physical body was feeling anger, but I was also like life was presenting it to me. Mm -hmm. And so as I was writing and I was thinking, oh God, what am I going to have to grieve Mm -hmm. when I write about grief? And I had sort of scheduled out how I was lining everything up and writing about it. And I had put off um, Easter weekend last year, which was April 2nd and 3rd to write about grief. And I was really nervous. I was thinking, okay, universe is going to present something to me. And I was really nervous about who I was going to lose. Mm. Not even thinking about my best friend who I grew up with, Gabby, she was living in Morocco. We sort of like hadn't been talking for, I mean, nothing negative. It was just that our lives, we were growing apart and hadn't really talked to her. But yeah, that Thursday, literally that Thursday, her friend, her brother Dingo called and called me on Facebook Messenger, and I was actually on another call, and I was like, "Oh, I just have to get this, and this is so weird. I haven't talked to him in years." And Aww. there he was, and he said, "You know, Gabby died in her sleep." And so, um, I hadn't planned to write about Gabby, and you know, because you read the the chapter, um, but it was. Of course, I was heartbroken, but uh, but then when I sat there and I grieved her that weekend I was crying and laughing and dancing and listening to all of her favorite music because she was a DJ. And as I sat down, I was like, okay, I have to write about grief now. And I was like, of course it's Gabby because Gabby was like peppered into all of the other childhood stories that I shared. Mm -hmm. And now I got to bring her to this forefront and really honor her and share her with the world. Um, So like, coming talk, talking about like what we just said grief is happening for you it was yeah of course I'm heartbroken that my best friend's no longer in this world but also like she had a sense of humor and she was like <laughs> like I could see her laughing like yeah I wanted to have this book dedicated to me like <laughs> you know I'm a star Phoebe you know I'm a star so let's get me front and center <laughs> um And so when I sat with this project um, of, you know, you, you're a dancer, I'm a dancer. And I had had this vision of, of creating another dimension of the, of the book. I thought, let's dance to these stories and how can we do this in a artistic way? And you saw Gisela um, with her poems. So we brought her poems to life and she would read, you know, she's been on here. She's a poet of the book, just like that. And she, she reads her poems and I dance to them and we have other people. We want you to get involved too <laughs> next time. But so that's what I did was I pulled the letter to grief about Gabby 
and created a poem from that. And you, I passed that off to you recently mm-hmm. and you're going to dance to it. Yes. So uh, now I've given the background. <laughs> yeah. So uh, take it from there. What's happening? How did that feel? I, I mean, I, I haven't had the moment, a moment to like fully dive into it, but um but I've had, like, I was, I had been able to kind of at least sit with the poem. And I also read the book and I had, you know, the poem prior to getting the book. And I was just allowing myself to just reread it, Mm. just to feel it in my body again. Um, And also with a lot of patience and and grace and not to be overwhelmed by it. Um, But it's, I don't know. I, I, I did, I did do a little movement. And what was so interesting was when we did the, who are you becoming program, like that trial Mm -hmm. program. And I, we had a, like my, what we did was each week was dedicated to a person and their story. And so I shared a little bit about my story. Um, Just so happened. I was talking about grief there as well. Yeah. (laughs) And then, (laughs) um, and then we had a movement practice um, dedicated to that person's story. And, and so basically that was like my first trial run with dancing with grief. And, and I remember just um, movement, when I, that movement, I remember it being a lot more angrier mm. and a lot very, I guess, very angsty. And like it was a lot of... Um, really fast movement and really powerful movement and this time around as I was playing with um with the material it was way more slower and a lot Mm -hmm. more gentler um and yeah I just envisioned just like moving through molasses and everything just felt a lot more gooey and, and and juicier and and so it was really interesting to see um, just that initial, just sitting with the um, with the material, just how my body was reacting to it a lot differently yeah. than probably how I would in another point in time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm very interested to see like when I'm actually like in the creative space of um, of fully moving, like what that would look like. But as far as that initial. Uh, sit I was like interesting I saw those shifts so yeah so and I love I love that description too of you know you getting really specific of how you were moving the quality of movement that you had and the experience that you were feeling um I'm wondering did it did it have anything do you think it had anything to do with like it being not your direct experience or just where you how you've evolved with with your relationship with grief since then? Mm, I think it's or a mi- both. I think yeah. it's a mixture of, of both, definitely, because um, if you didn't get Dear Radiant One, go get it now. <laughs> it's a little a little plug there. Um, but I reading that chapter, it was, you know, it it was so I've read it before and I know the story as just knowing you, Phoebe, but like it was so um, in one hand, it was just like I was able to receive what you were writing just, you know, as a reader and just as someone who knows your heart and who knows you. I was able to, like, really hold that space for that chapter for you and all the chapters in the book. Um, but, you know, I'm human and I see my versions of myself and versions of my my own emotions and my own experience in those in those words and and so I was able to kind of have them all like intertwine and and wrapped around and then also um yeah have them all kind of like moving at the same time so even in that short like what was it like five ten minutes of me just allowing myself to feel it in my body um I felt that I'm motioning with my hand like a like a swirl a swirl and and yeah. so that's like how I was envisioning it in my body as well but it was a lot slower and it mm. was just like oh we're moving through and with this grief together and that's how I was envisioning it in my head yeah oh that's beautiful um I'd like to share you know so 
this past weekend, I had the reading, I had a reading for a Dear Radiant one. And my one of my dearest friends from childhood, who I haven't really seen in years, Daphne, she was, you know, part of our little trio with Gab- Gabby and I were best friends, but then we had like a couple other friends that, you know, hung out with us. And Daphne was one of them. And I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this uh, out into the world. But she lost her brother early and like early, like probably around the age that you are now. And um, she said that, you know, of course, she had this direct experience of Gabby. But she also had this grief of her brother. And so she was saying that she when she read the the letter to grief and the poem that that was inspired by it, she was saying she was feeling so much with her brother like she the things that I was speaking to about you know saying she's not going to be here that long like sensing that something is going to happen she was saying oh my god I had that same moment with my brother I had this same clear voice that came through and said he's not going to be here spend more time with him um and so it was really interesting for her because she read the poem and I danced to it this weekend so she read that poem with like you could feel it's like yes she was holding that space for Gabby, but also, you know, you also know that her brother was present. And I I just, I'm really, I don't know if excited is the appropriate word, but I'm excited to see when you read it and you dance to it, you know, having, and that's the whole mission of this project is that, yes, it's my, those are my words. That's my story that I wrote, but you were bringing in that grief that you're like the history of your grief through that story. So it's not just you relating a story that I'm telling, right? It's actually your story. It's your movement. It's your voice and you're embodying what grief is, just that universal grief. Yeah. And I think that's so, I mean, wonderful about, I guess, a lot of art forms, but especially dance Mm -hmm. is that you know, there's no talking, you can't rely on things like that. And oftentimes there is no plot (laughs) or a story. And so- And like modern contemporary, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But a lot of times, you know, but a lot of times you really do need to draw on your own experience or versions of, you know, draw from your experience to really embody whatever it is that you're trying to emote or trying to share and so, yeah, they're always going to be an element of yourself in it. And, um, and yeah, so that's why I'm very excited. I guess, yeah, it's a weird word to say. I'm not really excited. <laughs> but I am curious. That's a better word. Yeah. I am yeah, more that is curious um, to see how all of those pieces are dancing together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I, and I love just you know, not just with grief, but you're going to be talking, um, talking quote unquote, but you're rather going to have other people just moving through other different emotions. And they're also going to be bringing in their experiences as well. And, Mm -hmm. and you definitely see like that common thread between all of our stories. And it's, I'm very, very excited to, to of course be a part of it, but then also to just see it unfold. Yeah. Me too. And I'm getting chills when you spoke. I was like, yes, I know. It's going to be amazing. Just happy. And, and I said in the, the reading, you know, here I was in this reading and I, you, I'm, I yeah. love you so much. And I always joke like, oh my God, I'm t- twice to read. But I was like in a room the other day and like the, the other people, like it was on the other side, like they were twice my age mm-hmm. and they were all sort of like sitting there, like a few of them were like, you're too young to have written a memoir. Like, who are you? And I was like, Oh, no, I've, I've felt some things. I've seen some things. And, but yeah. what I said at the beginning was, yes, this is my story. But really, this is collectively our story. Like we've all been on this emotional journey together. And, and you, you know, at the ripe age of 2023. Oh, I'm sorry. That's I'm right. You've stepped now. into 24. Yes, <laughs> just your birthday last week. Yeah, into 24. But you have, you but that the thing is, is that you have such this maturity and I, maturity, 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 um, that because you really, um, it's not just because you have been through a lot, but it's because you really lived through it. Like you truly lived through it with that grace and, and really sat with it. And, um, 
I, I don't know if necessarily a lot of people, even my age or older, like they've been through stuff, but they haven't lived through it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Phoebe. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, uh, oh, sorry. No, I didn't. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and thank you. I, I really, I really appreciate that. And, and yeah, and I, I definitely think one of the, a part of my path in this life has been like my, my parents weren't afforded that grace. Mm-hmm. I'm sure their grandparents and so on and so forth weren't afforded that grace. And I feel very fortunate and lucky that I'm this person in this life that gets to do that or at least start mm-hmm. that journey. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, there's, for me, it doesn't feel like there's no other way to experience this life than to do that. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, even if it hurts, it it's like I'm living. If and if it is so overwhelmingly happy and joyful that I'm bursting at the seams, like I need to experience that too. Um, yeah. As scary as it is, but it's like it for me. There's no other way of doing that right now, just because it's like it feels like it definitely is something that because my ancestors maybe never had the opportunity to do that now here is an invitation to do that. Why not take it? Yeah. Um, so I feel great. I, I can. Yeah. I feel that a hundred percent. I mean, you know, my grandmother and I have had this conversation many times where she just never felt like she had an opportunity. Like it was just yeah. no, you know, there was a lot of hard times that she went through, but it was just, nope get up, keep going, you know? And, and I think that a lot of older generations, like you were talking about your ancestors and I love the, um, I think it's, um, I think it's native or like first generation, um, a belief is that when you heal yourself, you're healing, not just the seven generations ahead, but the seven generations behind. And I so believe that, right. Like Mm -hmm. you're, you sitting here at 24 and doing the work and healing and living it, you are healing, you know, your mother who is witnessing you and maybe your grandparents aren't still in this world, but you're healing that right. To some deeper level. And it's so, it's so beautiful for us to have that, that, that our time is now yeah, and, and that you get to do that for, for them and for yourself and to bring it back to the doula. It's like, you're giving life to, to all of those ancestors in yeah. a new way, right? Like they've passed on into another realm, but you are bringing life by living, like fully living it. Oh, oh thanks. You said yeah. it a lot nicer. <laughs> a lot more concise. <laughs> I get paid to do these things. And who knows? I, I don't know. <laughs> I love you, Phoebe. <laughs> it's the extra 24 years I have under my belt. <laughs> love it. I love it. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Um, so I, yeah. How, is there anywhere other, other little twists and turns that you want to explore here today? Mm. Give birth to, give life to as Um, we sit here. Not particularly. I think, I think, I guess the only ending thing I could say is just like, if you are experiencing or rather you're in the thick of grief right now, just mm. again, allowing yourself to feel whatever it is, hold that space for yourself. If you, it's definitely, if you feel like no one is holding that space for you, give, mm. give yourself that space because yeah. you deserve it. You're worthy of it and acknowledge it and own it. And yeah, that's really, mm. well, all I can say, you know, cause it's like people are going to experience it differently. Just, all you can do is offer people the space to do that. Um, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. And I love that reminder because I feel I've gotten to like a little bit of the victimhood at some point in my life where it's like, Oh, I don't have the time or I don't, I can't do this, but it, 
I had a client who told me years ago and she said, Phoebe, just, just in general, self-care, mm-hmm. she said, Phoebe, nobody else is going to put you on the schedule except you. Yeah. And, and I love that. And I think about that in all different aspects, like nobody's going to put joy on the schedule for you, except you yeah. or, or grief on the schedule, except you, like what you just said is, you know, giving ourselves that we have to give ourselves that space. We can't, ex- you know, have that expectation that somebody else is, it's going to be such a gift when someone just opens their arms and lets them, you know, crumble there, but yeah. you've got to give yourself that grace as you said so thank you for that reminder yeah thank you for having me oh you know I love you in the space (laughs) in between I love it I love it I love that we explored these spaces of grief with you today because I think as I said before you really truly lived it in a in a place of grace and you inspire me and I'm sure anyone listening you inspire them um so thank you for for being (laughs) <laughs> the the mascot of grief. I feel like we do always have you come on and talk about grief. Yeah, I <laughs> thanks for I, owning it. I yeah, no, this is why. This, see, this is why it was part of my process, right? I was just like, if you if you want to move with grief, then you just need to just talk about it. <laughs> that was a different yeah. time. Own it, own it, own it, yeah. and get on a podcast and talk about it. That's exactly. <laughs> part of my process clearly (laughs) no it's it's great to bring it to you know to the the words um well and we joked because as I I I presented the project to you and I said and I'm kind of thinking about grief and he's like yeah of course I'm going to be doing grief and gratitude (laughs) of course those are my those are my jams those are my words it's this is my jam (laughs) yeah so uh thanks for owning up to it and doing it so graciously um so we have you all over the nomad membership schedule so do you want to just share and anything else outside of nomad land where people can like just be in touch with you and experience you yeah well yeah you can't miss me and in nomad (laughs) (laughs) um i'm all over the place in the nomad collective not just as the community manager but also as um a teacher as well i host a monthly restorative yoga movement 109 class as well as a suture sit down um discussion circle and yeah and you can also learn more about me at urbanlily.com h-e-r-b-a-n-l-i-l-y.com and I'm planting some seeds for hopefully new classes coming soon whatever that looks like who knows okay we're planting (laughs) Um, seeds here now we're planting seeds here now but but that's another uh way you can get in contact with me and yeah hang out with my collective (laughs) <laughs> and I have to say, I love what you've done with Movement 109 and Restorative Yoga. That's like one of my favorite monthly classes where we just kind of roll around on the ground and get into our body. And then we lay on beautiful things. And, I, you know, I love when you're like, yes. and then Phoebe got her eye pillow out. Like you live for that. <laughs> it's my yeah, favorite my- thing. And I'll just share quickly. I know I, it brings me so much joy like mm-hmm. when people are so into it and I have Phoebe on the screen with her like eye pillow. My partner <laughs> is practicing behind the couch and snoring, snoring fully asleep. <laughs> and he was like, we were talking about it the other day and he was just like, yeah, like I finally woke up and like rolled over thinking I was going to do the other side. And then I hear you're ending the class. And I was like, Oh my God, like, where are we? So I'm happy. Yeah. It's a, those are the best testimonies I can like receive from somebody that, you know, that they're taking that moment for themselves to receive rest. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I love the sutra sit downs too. We sit in the yoga sutras. Yeah. That's so much beautiful. So yes, go get a taste of Leah. She is in nomad land offering so many beautiful, unique, offerings and and I'm looking forward to these seeds that you're planting too I'll be there so well thank you Leah for being here today thank you everyone (laughs) bye 
I hope you enjoyed that episode. I just love sitting and chatting with Leah, even though I do it pretty much every week. <laughs> it's just such a joy to be able to share the conversations that, that we get to have with you. So if you enjoyed this conversation, if there was a takeaway from this conversation around grief for yourself, or if you know there is somebody out there who could resonate with this and needs a little bit of a little bit of love and an understanding in this time if they're grieving. I invite you to share this episode with them. And if you did enjoy it, review it, subscribe if you aren't already. And if you'd like to be a supporter, go ahead and visit thenomadcollective.org and you can become a supporter of this podcast to keep it ad-free, to keep things running smoothly, to keep the edits happening smoothly. And um, yeah, and you will also, as you support us, you will also receive some special invites to free events that are happening within our membership every month, all month. Like we have two or three free special invites for you supporters to come to. So you get a little something out of that, not just listening to ad-free podcasts, but you also get to be with us and we get to meet you and learn more about you and support you on your journey. So we look forward to that. Go ahead and visit thenomadcollective.org and learn more and see what else is going on in the Nomad Collective. All right, my friends, have a beautiful day.